Hello and welcome to Food Focus, a podcast providing an opportunity for conversations and perspectives on issues of interest in the food system. My name is Mike Von Massa. I'm a faculty member in the Department of Food, Agricultural and Resource Economics at the University of Guelph and the OAC Chair in Food Systems Leadership. Today's episode takes a slightly different issue on and provides it from a slightly different perspective. I discuss a new beer product that has been introduced that is made from wasted food, particularly wasted bread. It's called Bin a Slice. And my conversation with Bob Froze, who is the chief executive officer of Bob's Your Uncle, an advertising agency based in Toronto, but also the visionary who uh, came up with the idea for Bin a Slice and has driven it forward. We talk not only about the beer, but also about the foundation on which it's built, which is raising money and awareness for food waste and for food rescue, specifically for Second Harvest in Toronto. And we talk a little bit about the issues and challenges related to food rescue, but also how important. So without further ado, let's transition directly to uh, my conversation with Bob. Well, Bob, welcome, and uh, thanks for coming. My questions for you today, what I really wanted to hear about was Bin a Slice. I was excited to hear about it, A, because I'm a beer drinker, and that's reason enough. But really what intrigued me was, as a food waste researcher, was the idea that you're creating this beer from food that would otherwise go to waste. So that's a poor introduction on my part. Why don't you tell me what Bin a Slice is? Sure. In a, in a simplest form, Bina Slice is a beer that we've brewed from bread that would otherwise have gone to waste. So in, in short description, uh, we've taken a, a, a food product that would otherwise have gone to the garbage or to the landfill and turned it into uh, something beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I've tried it and it is great. It is a great beer. Just for those who are listening, who are intrigued, is it a beer that anyone can get? It is, well, depending on where you live. So, yeah, and depending on your legal age, of course. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's available, for the moment, it's available in primarily in Toronto uh, at a select number of LCBOs and beer stores and, of course, at the brewery itself and, uh, you know, through me. <laughs> okay. And how did you come up with this idea? So, I mean, the, the origins of the idea are fascinating. So, uh, one of, the way I first was exposed to it is one of my uh, art directors, came into the office with this little article about um, this organization in the UK that was doing something similar. And we thought, that's, a, that's really intriguing. So we sort of parked it for a bit. And we thought, you know what, let's, let's look at that a little further. So one of our uh, longstanding sort of uh, pro bono commitments, our clients, is, a, is an organization called Second Harvest Food Rescue. So we've been looking for ways to increase their um, Sort of awareness, particularly amongst the younger generations. I mean, food waste is, as you know, more than anyone, become a, an incredibly important uh, uh, issue that, that we're dealing with. And we thought there's there's something really interesting in this idea. Um, so we started just pursuing it. We thought, where does the idea of brewing beer from bread come from? And turns out there's an argument that says the very first beer that was ever brewed, perhaps accidentally, was made from bread. I'm, I'm sure it did not taste anywhere near as good as the beer we're drinking now. So we just started on this journey. We thought, well, you know, we're an advertising agency. We don't know squat about making beer. So let's, let's find out about this. So we started talking to some brewers and they all sort of gave a bit of a head shake and like, you know, being a, being a brewer, especially a craft brewer in Canada is not an easy life. Yeah. 
Yeah. And the, the last thing they need is another, you know, insurmountable challenge. <laughs> but we found, but we, but we found a guy and turns out he's, he's actually one of the best brewers in Canada. And, and he took it on because, because two reasons. One, you know, he loved the idea of, of the, the passion for doing something, giving something back to the community and doing something around the issue of food waste. And he just, second, I think as a brewer, he just innately loved the challenge. So the idea, you know, came from a, a little article that we read from, from one of my art directors. And it, it just came from sort of dogged exploration of how could we, if we were going to do this, how could we? Yeah. Is beer, is it tough to brew beer from bread? Yeah, it turns out it's extraordinarily difficult. So Jamie Mystery, our, our brewer, uh, he's been brewing beer for 20 years. And he said, single-handedly, this is the biggest challenge he's ever faced as a brewer. It took him, it took him the better part of 10 months to get this beer tasting the way it tastes. Wow. Yeah, it was just a, um, th there's a reason why there is not a bunch of bread-based beers out there. Yeah. <laughs> well, besides the fact that unless you're throwing it out, it's probably not wise to bake the grain and then make it into beer. It seems that an unnecessary process. So it's awesome if the beer, if the bread was otherwise going to get thrown out. You talked about second harvest. Before I ask you how you managed to get them involved, can you tell me a little bit about what second harvest is and what it does? Sure. Second harvest is an organization that basically rescues food primarily from grocery stores um, but increasingly from elsewhere, food that, that is perfectly good, fresh vegetables, fresh meat, dairy, bread, uh, a whole variety of food. And, and so they're very different from a food bank that collects primarily non-perishables. Uh, Second Harvest actually has a, a fleet of trucks that go out to the grocery stores, bring the food back to their warehouse, and then redistribute it to about 300 shelters and community kitchens primarily around the GTA, around Toronto, that then use that food to feed their, you know, the people that they support. And it's an ast absolutely astronomically significant organization in the GTA. The, the statistics on the amount of food they rescue every year and the numbers of people they feed are, are fr frankly mind-numbing. Like most of us wouldn't believe it. Yeah, and, and what to me is really intriguing about the organization is, is they filled that gap in the food supply chain that allowed us to bring that surplus food to those clients that need it and did it in a way that they aggregate the product rather than having each individual shelter or food bank access the product themselves, which becomes profoundly inefficient. You get you get the size and the critical mass that you can have refrigerated trucks that you can pick up and distribute more efficiently than we've seen for many sort of food bank models in the past. Yeah, that, that's absolutely right, Mike. In fact, it, it's actually a shockingly sophisticated operation because they, they are subject to all of the standards of food safety as, as they should be. Um, but they are taking food that, you know, that's on the edge of perishable, food that the grocery store is judged is not safe or desirable to sell to their customers. And they're, they're collecting it, managing it, you know, resorting it, and then getting it to where it needs to be in a way, you're right, that would never, ever be possible for individual shelters. In fact, most of these shelters, you know, almost could not exist without the support of Second Harvest because them being able to feed people is, is obviously, you know, foundational to them being able to, to help people. Yeah, exactly. And 
I'm going to if if you'll let if you'll allow me, I'm going to correct you there. It's it's not that the grocery stores think it's unsafe. It's just that they think they can't sell it anymore. And part of that is the way we as consumers look at food. Part of it is the profound misunderstanding of things like best before dates that forces these retailers to say, well, we can't put it on the shelf anymore. It is still safe. It is still good. And then second harvest, because they have refrigerated trucks, can maintain the cold chain, which is a significant challenge for for fresh and perishable products and why most food banks will go, as you say, with with non-perishable. So the role of organizations like Second Harvest is critically important. But I've heard you say you've got bread, and I'd love to hear where you get it from eventually, and you've got a brewer who makes it into beer, and you're selling it to people like me and the GTA. But how does Second Harvest come in? So Second Harvest uh, essentially is the recipient of funds from the sale of this beer. So there's, I mean, that's, that's the simple explanation about where it started. So we simply went to Second Harvest and said, we'd like to you know, use your name in, in support of the promotion of this idea, and we're going to donate all of the profits back to you. Uh, but ultimately, you know, selling beer is not all that profitable. No. And we made it pretty clear to them from the beginning that you know, this was unlikely to be a financial windfall for, for anyone. But the real reason we're doing this is to start a conversation and raise awareness for the issue of food waste. And so really, you know, what we're looking at in each of those cans of Bina Slice is a message about food waste and a way to connect with people in a way that's sociable and interesting and, and conversational. So now, you know, in order for you as a consumer to find out about support and be involved in this cause, all you have to do is buy a can of beer and drink it. And so from that perspective, they really, really like the idea because one of the things they have a, a difficult time communicating is the difference between what they do as a, a fresh food rescue organization and a traditional food bank with whom they're you know, always lumped together with from, you know, from a consumer's point of view. People just think a food bank is a food bank and they don't understand the difference of second harvest. So what the beer allowed us to do was in a very entertaining and engaging way kind of tell that story and communicate that difference. And so when we launched this, we had, we had just a tremendous media turnout. And that really sort of validated the, you know, sort of the interest in the story. We received coverage, you know, TV coverage across Canada. We were in Forbes magazine in the US and, and literally global media interest sort of around the launch of this beer. So, you know, what, what in the world of beer, would be inconsequential in terms of our, our volume and our, you know, our, our style in the world of sort of consumer interest in a food waste story. It, it's of global interest. It's really cool. And I agree with you 100 percent. The two things that I think are most important, notwithstanding that you've made a really good beer, that I think are most important are a the general discussion of food waste you know, our research says one of the greatest opportunities for people to think about reducing their food waste is to get them thinking about food waste Absolutely. is to a significant to a significant degree. It's not on our radar and, it, and it's becoming more important. And things like this, as you say, foster that conversation and, and make it easier to have that discussion and understand what it is. The other thing that I think is profoundly important and I admire you 
you and and your agency's commitment to Second Harvest is driving awareness not only of Second Harvest but of that of that role in the food chain of of it's easy to say well we should donate it and it's easy to say oh well there's got to be a, a good way of doing this it's hard to actually get it done and having people understand and recognize and eventually hopefully support organizations like Second Harvest is profoundly important not just to reduce food waste but to to provide that essential service that sustains so many of those next level organizations. Yeah, absolutely. And first of all, I agree. The beer tastes fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it was it was interesting in, in, in the early phases of, of trying to sell the product into the LCBO and to other people. Um, you know, people would continue to. I mean, I guess it's logical. They would say, "Well, tell me about the beer." And I'm like, "No, no, I don't care about the beer. It's going to taste fine." And they're like, "No, no, tell me about the beer." Yeah. So I, you know, I sort of over time became more appreciative. Like, of course it's going to taste good, but that's not really the story. But they're really, so I don't, I will not call it a happy accident, but a, a very happy outcome is that, you know, at the end of the process, the beer tastes really amazing. Yeah. But, but to step back and, and saying, you know, what, what, what you were saying about what's really important about getting the conversation going, it, it's absolutely true. And, and there's two things that are really, I think, um, relevant to that part of the conversation. One is, you know, as Canadians and North Americans, most of us don't know how how bad we rank in the world in terms of food waste. Canada is the third worst country in the entire world for the amount of food we waste per you know per human being. The other part of it is, um, you know, unlike many of the kind of intractable problems we're facing around climate change and other things, um, food waste is completely solvable. There are, there are solutions in place, you know, like Second Harvest that take food, you know, that, that's, that's sort of at the end of the chain and get it there. There's all kinds of other things that can be done to, you know, to really, really remarkably reduce kind of the amount of food that is actually being wasted. And many of those things are being, being worked on now. And, you know, and the other interesting thing is food waste is a big component of, of climate change. So, there, you know, there's, there's an even bigger story in there at the end of the day that, you know, that we're just barely getting to. Well, the whole issue with food waste and as we're continue, as you're right, we're doing a lot more work. It's getting a lot more attention. We're starting to identify where and how and why food is getting lost throughout the value chain. But what is, I think, most significant is as we get to the end of the value chain at the consumer, whether it's bread or other products, it's not only the fact that that stuff is going into the landfill and creating greenhouse gas, it is all of the resources and greenhouse gas we've created, not only producing, but getting it there, that is also a profound problem. And, and so it's, we often hear, oh, well, you know, you're throwing it out, but we're not talking about what went into that before we got it there. And so it's profoundly important to engage in this conversation so that people think about it and we start to commit to reduction and diversion i mean we are always going to have some waste so what we want to do is to say ideally stuff at our household we would not throw out in the first place right and you know if we buy bread hopefully we eat it all but bakeries demand is uncertain that's going to happen and then diverting that into alternative products whether it's beer or anything else becomes a, a real alternative not only to create economic activity but to 
to prevent that from being thrown out. Yeah, absolutely. And, and for the reasons you stated, and it's, you know, incredibly short shelf life, bread is the most disposed of food product. So it was, it was uh, serendipitous that we were able to use, you know, bread to make, to make the beer to tell that story. But you're right. And, and you know, the, the baker that we use, Prairie Boy Bakery, a wonderful bakery here in Toronto, you know, we, we didn't know how much bread it took to brew a, a case of beer. Yeah. <laughs> These things are not published. They're not known. So when we sort of got him involved in the project, he was like, well, how much bread are you going to need? I'm like, I have no idea. How much do you have? Yeah. And, uh, you know, and how do we store it? Do we have to store it? And, you know, it turns out that part became relatively easy because so much bread is wasted at the end of, at the end of every day. And storage is no problem because, you know, we're, we're fermenting it. So we can basically accept that bread in almost any state of you know, the day after it's made to a month after it's made, it's, it's still perfectly good for brewing beer. Yeah. And you didn't have to standardize it or, or make sure it was all dry. It was just sort of give it to the brewer and he figured it out, put it in a tank. and Yeah. So, we, I mean, there, there, it wasn't quite that simple. He, he definitely picked it up in the tank uh, probably about 10 or 15 times. Yeah. <laughs> what, what did become interesting, you know, from a, from a brewing perspective yeah. is it does matter well, it doesn't matter what state of sort of freshness the bread is. It does matter what that bread was to begin with. Okay. So breads that were heavily flavored or of unusual varieties turned out to be very, very difficult to, to brew good beer with. At the end of the day, we ended up with sort of a simple sourdough country white bread, which turned out to be, you know, the right ingredient, I guess. And one of the things we'll be doing going forward is sort of, okay, so we've got this. You know, what else can we do? How else? What other kind of bread can we use? What other kind of flavors can we make based on, you know, on this idea? Oh, so 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 there's the hope, at least, that you can do line extensions on Bin Slice? <laughs> now you're talking like a marketer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, our, our line, our line extensions don't, you know, don't um, sort of follow a traditional path because, you know, what we want to see is we want to see this idea keep going, keep growing. Yeah. That might be through us doing line extensions. It might be through others taking our exact brand and brew and, and marketing it you know, across the country. It might be other brewers and bakeries or, or other organizations taking on this idea. And you know, we may look five years from now and every craft brewer has a, a bread beer that they make from bread that's sourced from their local community. Yeah, that's, that's not... It's not impossible to think about, and I, I think that would be that would be a real cool outcome. That would be a very cool outcome. And in an ideal world, would every local brewery be sourcing local bread to make bin a slice, so that we would have a message carried broadly across many communities? Is or is it? Let's just share the approach and help people do it, and they can do it however they'd like to do it. Well, I like your first idea best. I think it would be absolutely wonderful if everybody had their sort of local version of Venus Slice. I think the, you know, the realities of that in the Canadian market are, are pretty enormous, given our, the difference in sort of provincial alcohol regulations and how that, how that has to happen and go to market. So I'll, uh, I'll vote for that one. Yeah. But I'll, <laughs> I'll expect to see the other one probably more realistically because I, I think that could actually happen. Yeah, I think it's a really cool idea that has the double value of A, 
using up bread that might otherwise get thrown out in multiple locations, and more importantly, spreading that conversation more broadly. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's a couple of things that could maybe help your first scenario come true. And one is, you know, shortly after we launch, one of, uh, or perhaps the largest uh, grocery company in, in Canada approached us, yeah. suggesting they'd like to list Venice Slice on their shelf. So that, that's something we're actually going to be working on in January, which is, you know, very exciting and could potentially take Venus Slice, you know, out of, our, out of our core market and beyond very quickly. And can you produce enough of it? To make that happen, or is that is that the question that you're working on in January going forward? No, no, the, the production question is, you know, now that we've figured out how, yeah, it's not difficult to make more. That part is actually quite quite easy. It's it's actually the easiest part of the entire chain. Yeah. At this point. As as much as it was the most difficult part in the beginning, it is now the easiest part. Now the you know the retail listings, distribution, sales effort. That's actually in Canada very complex. Yeah, yeah, I, I can I can only imagine the challenges. You know, starting with LCBO and now, at least the the retailer came to you, which should make it a little bit easier. But there are logistical issues I expect that that are not insignificant. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, we are um, we're not a professional <laughs> CPG company. Yeah. And I know once you start dealing, you know, once you're on the shelf of a major retailer, there are all kinds of expectations that I know we'll have to meet, <laughs> we'll have to prepare for. You, you'll be you'll be growing, Bob. Yes, absolutely. And diversifying. Well, uh, I appreciate you taking the time to 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 talk to me a little bit about Bin a Slice. I'm intrigued. Uh, next time I'm in Toronto, I will buy some more. Looking forward to having another one with you at some point. Is there anything that you wanted to say about Bin a Slice or the issue of food waste that we haven't had a chance to chat about yet? We've had a, we've had a really rich conversation around that. I think, you know, for me, the, it's as, a, as an agency and as a marketer, I, I love the challenge because all about communication, right? This is about changing behavior. It's a behavior that we have the power to change as individuals and as a society. So there's, you know, there's a real attainable goal there. And so, you know, we talked about earlier about, you know, some of the intractable problems we have, whether it's, you know, economics or, or peaceful coexistence with other countries, things that just seem like really difficult to, to solve. This is something we can do. So I'm, I'm inspired to keep, to keep doing it and to uh, keep moving this conversation forward. Well, that's that's great because I, I agree with you. This is something that we can make a real difference in. This is this is something mm-hmm. that that there is the possibility for tangible progress in relatively short order if we pay attention to it. So keep it up. I'll look forward to chatting to you about it again and look forward to uh, seeing the growth of Bin a Slice. If you're listening and you're intrigued, go to binaslice.com is the home for the beer. And if you're in the GTA and hopefully eventually beyond, pick up a case and try it. You won't be disappointed. So thanks for your time today, Bob. Great. Thanks for having me, Mike. It's been a pleasure. I'd like to thank Molly Gallant for producing the podcast and Zachary Von Masso for the music that breaks up the introduction and in the actual discussion. And I encourage you, if you're interested, to look up some of our other episodes, stay in touch. You can find them at foodfocusguelph.ca. 
which is a, a website that includes not only the podcast, but a blog and other topics of interest in food. You can pick up other episodes of the podcast there as well as iTunes and other places that you find podcasts. I hope you will come back and listen again.